Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. George now with Bogdanovich again, five to shoot. Step back, left wing three, over the top. It's good. Paul George is on fire tonight. George inside, kick out man, ball fake, pump fake, drive middle to the rim. Oh, Terrence Mann slams over Gobert, counting in a foul. A couple of jab steps for George. He's going one-on-one. He'll rise over the top. He got the foul called. He put it in. Paul George, the 18-footer is true. And a three-point play for PG-13. And the Jazz get beat by the Clippers, 119-111. to Clippers win it. Three straight wins. They're now up 3-2. to And PG-3 morphed into playoff it's, P. It's PG-13, not PG-3. Oh, sorry. PG-13 <laughs> morphed into playoff P. I was too busy trying not to screw up playoff P. 37 points, 16 rebounds, 5 assists. That was a heck of a performance by him, man. Put on the cape, hop aboard, guys. I'm making it happen. Yeah, good call by you. I mean, accurately said. I'm in awe of the way he played. I mean, he's taken a lot of heat over the years. I don't know, as I've been saying all series, what was going on back then. But what I do know now is he's an animal. And Even what was going on in game one. He was four of 20 shooting the ball in game one. Well, that seems like 10 years ago. It does. Uh, it does. So he was just sensational. And then the role players got cocky. And, uh, boy, that was something. I mean, Terrence Mann. Reggie Jackson, Morris, these guys really, really felt it. So you've got to tip your cap to them, too. They got all sorts of swagger, and the Jazz virtually had none. I mean, they had none, man. I mean, I'm sure the injury report's going to come out as far as uh, Friday night's game. I think the Jazz as a team are listed as questionable right now uh, because they don't, have, they don't have the swagger. But at the same time, this is precisely the Jazz are in the position precisely that the Clippers were in a couple weeks back, and the Clippers are still playing, and now they're flying high. So uh, they're not out. It's not not done, not done obviously, till four. But they've got to find a way to get some momentum and limit the swag of Morris and Jackson and Terrence Mann. The only Terrence Mann I knew was in Field of Dreams. My <laughs> goodness. All these, even Beverly makes a shot, and he's doing this shimmy shake. And he's Mark Jackson out there. I mean, they, get, they got all sorts of cockiness right now. And good for them, man. They've put themselves in a position to have that cockiness. And I don't think it's over the top. I think that's what they need. Why not have it? They've won three in a row. Well, they're trying to replace Kawhi Leonard. That's a big ask. And they did it. And I think we can get into this coming up. But if there's one thing they had the Jazz didn't have, the Clippers can take the Jazz off the dribble and drive. And the Jazz, not nearly as good at attacking the Clippers off the dribble. Then go to a zone. Yeah anything because i think that's a lot of the swag knowing that hey i can you can get in front of me but then i'll get by you and that just leads that to a ton of confidence Terrence, man not only went by you he went through you and over, over you, you Rudy. right you're the deep boy and he that 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 was just that was i have all sorts of cocky confidence right now and i'm gonna do this come on who would have thought that would have happened and i'm not cracking on go bear because it was far from him as the problem. I mean, they just allowed so many wide-open threes. My goodness. I got the 
get so many open. I'm not a basketball savant like you. I never played the game, broke down film, woke up on a Saturday morning after a devastating loss Friday night. Don't get me started. Uh, so, and broke it down. You got basketball got in your blood. <clears throat> you were you were down in the mean streets of uh, Rancho Bernardo or wherever. <laughs> I don't know. Rancho Bernardo. <laughs> Nice pull on a random San Diego neighborhood. I was gonna say, we're I wasn't in random names now. I, not, <laughs> I don't know where the mean streets are. I mean, I'm just off the the mean streets of Steel Canyon. Okay, man. So you were there. You, you know, we know Donovan has told us a trillion times he's gone to New York to play, and so we know you weren't out. I had there to go to Balboa Park. You weren't in Spring Valley playing with the Lily Whites. Spring you were down. Valley. You were down there in the streets, man. Part of Spring Valley is Lily White. Okay, anyway. That's what I'm saying. Precisely. Game six. Oh, you're from the hood now? Is that what you're telling us? No. <laughs> you didn't. You haven't thought that all the way through. I haven't thought through. anything all the way through. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Game six, tomorrow night at the Staples Center. You say it's not over, but didn't it feel like it was no. over? No. No, it did not. Really? Why? The unexpected has been the expected. <laughs> so, no, no, it didn't feel like it was over. It felt like last night was over, but no, it did not, honestly. I'm not saying that to be a cheerleader or anything. No, not the first thing I thought of, but one of the things I was thinking of is the Jazz are in the exact same spot as the Clippers. Literally the same spot first round. So mathematically, yes, the difference being the Clippers went back to Dallas where they'd won twice and have confidence, and I think the Jazz went to L.A. and got smoked twice and after losing it With home. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, and role players can do it any single game. That has can been they, proven a trillion times over. Can they do it again? Yeah, they the, any single game or games. And so yes, the Clippers can do it, and they only have to do it once more. They don't have to do it twice more. Yes, they can do it, but they are role players. And is Paul George this good consistently? There's they still have a lot of questions that I think that you have to ask. Can they get it done? So right now they have the advantage. They have the swag. So I favor them, of course. But at the same time, I would have said the same thing about Dallas. And Kawhi Leonard being out, that that could be a potential major story. And Conley said he's coming back this – he could come back this series. I listened to it yesterday. All right, well, we're running out of time, big guy. <laughs> this is the elimination game. Yeah. As far as the whole mild hamstring stuff, he said, well, he had a setback between games two and three. He did. Thought he was – Getting pretty close to playing, but it didn't happen. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Trey driving. Trey in the lane. Little floater is off the rim, off the rim, and in. Trey Young scores. He's got 34, and the Hawks have cut it to two. Gallo backing his way in. Double team. Gets it out to Lou. Lou fakes. Now it's now to five. They go back to Gallo. Gallo turns, shoots the right-hander, and hits it. Danilo Gallinari knocks it down. It's 107 to 104. Hawks lead by three. The Hawks down by 26. Well, expect the unexpected, as you just said, PK, because I don't think anybody expected the Hawks down by 26 to come back and beat the Sixers, and yet they did. A hat trick, a troika, if you will, of hideous Game 5 losses. First, the Bucks, who let the Nets off the hook, and then... The Sixers blow a 26-point lead at home and lose to the Hawks, and then the Jazz lose to the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. Woo! Painful Game 5 losses in Philly. A 26-point advantage in the Hawks at the end. It looked like Philly on their offensive, they just 
The ball wasn't moving. They weren't moving. Cast up a shot, miss it, go back, and probably defend poorly. Yeah, that was a shocking situation there. You would have thought up 26, the upstart Hawks. But no, Doc Rivers, man, he finds a way to have some colossal losses as a coach. <laughs> he also finds a way to keep employed. Somebody uh, on Twitter had a list of uh, like the, the last decade. And the Jazz, Game 7, the Clippers losing a home to the Jazz in Game 7 was on that list. But there were multiple blown 3-2 series lead, the 3-1 last year <clears throat> to the Nuggets. Yeah, I don't know how much confidence I have in him as a, as a coach. I know he won the title in Boston, and good for him. But since then, there's been a lot of disappointment in Philly. Ben Simmons was virtually non-existent for some supposed yeah. superstar. Yep. No impact in that. Guy who looked like a superstar was Trey Young. 39 points, 7 assists, a lot of big shots. Oh, for sure, yeah. They man. did bank in a three during that run. It's like, oh, this is their night. They're banking in a three. Well, they created the opportunity to have a team tonight. <clears throat> they got a lot of stops. That, that's to their luck. credit. They and got a lot. Big Joel missing two free throws. That was brutal. Ten seconds left. Nets Bucks game six. Brooklyn's up 3-2, 6-30-9 on ESPN. Can Milwaukee win at home and force a game seven? Or do the Nets close it out and move on to the next round? And then you've got LaMelo Ball winning the NBA Rookie of the Year award. That didn't surprise you at all, did it? Didn't everyone expect that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, he had the injury, but uh, the times he played looked like uh, Jordan has hit on something. Remember, you know, I don't watch Charlotte a lot. The only time the Jazz played him, when you were focusing on the game and watching the entire game, he looked really good, and you follow the box scores. So good for him. Good for his father. Good for his mother. Good for his bank account. <laughs> <laughs> Longtime Dallas Mavericks president of basketball operations and GM Donnie Nelson is out after 24 years with the franchise. So the backup to that story is there's some gambler I've never heard of who somehow befriended Cuban and built a relationship and is now in the front office in some kind of quasi-management position where he has a big voice. But from reading the story, it sounds like he isn't really accountable for everything. That guy over there really screwed up. Yeah, but Cuban allows it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And good on that kid's son, because now he can be an NBA executive just like Donnie Nelson was. There it is. <laughs> but apparently then Luca is tight with Donnie Nelson, so he's upset. So they'll have to figure that out. But Donnie Nelson's record up and down. I mean, obviously drafting Luca, that's a, that's a huge hit. Uh, but you're in charge for 24 years. So he was in the middle of it when they decided to break up the championship team and then Never won another playoff series. So I don't know how much of that he has to wear right now, if they're all beyond that. But Donnie Nelson out after 24 years. He's got a lot of international connections, so we'll see, oh, yeah. I remember see who he lands with. Hey, good dude. I remember having to sit down with him one time after practice to talk about the internationals working for the Watchdog. And, and you know, he was on the forefront of that. And, boy, he gave me all the time I wanted. So uh, my guess is, you know, he's got a lot of experience. So he should, if he wants, be able to find another gig somewhere. And LeBron James on Twitter, critical about the rash of injuries with the Kawhi Leonard news breaking. He told us. Yep. And I put in a uh, request because I want to know when this housing bubble is going to break and when, when should I sell. Oh, yeah. I because see. this right. guy, soothsayer. So here. I, so I wanted, yeah, and also, uh, I figured, why we're at it, LeBron, 
any idea? Can you ballpark as far as the second coming? Because I got a lot of stuff I got to clean up. I mean, he obviously he predicts the future. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a rare talent. Uh, it's probably a topic for another day because <clears throat> we're at BYU and we're going to be talking a lot of football with their media day today. No. Oh, but I second coming fits in nicely. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it's like these we guys. We have to laugh in these, these dire times, Dave. I agree. I agree. <laughs> the, uh, you know, these guys have played so many games and, and I'm like, how many games did Anthony Davis play? I mean. He didn't play, you know, wedge it in 72 games. He didn't play 72 games. LeBron X is a crusader here, <laughs> so don't try to break it down. Don't break it down with the logic. He's got his thoughts, and he's right, and the rest of us are wrong. And not only are we wrong, so some I, of us are way beyond that. I read that uh, as much as this reads he's mad at the NBA, he's really mad at Chris Paul and the union for caving in the negotiations and the he and Chris Paul used to be tied. Now there's tension and blah, blah, blah. So. We have Chris Paul on the list? Yeah. <laughs> on his uh, not being able to play on this thing? No. Could you imagine a, which very well could happen, a conference final without Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul? Oh, it seems like we're on the verge of that, right? That's we're a one game stinker. Away. <laughs> I, I feel bad for the NBA. I mean, that that's... That's a kick in a Booker and Leonard. Sell it. I mean, that, those are nice. Not Booker and George, you I mean. But yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, Booker and George. Those yes, because Kawhi's out. Right? Those are nice players. But still, you get to this point, and the two most recognizable names on each team, yeah. Chris Paul, who they've sold nationally with all these commercials, and Kawhi Leonard, you know, such a Leonard for a decade has been talent. at the forefront. Right. And Chris Paul for... More than, what, 15, 16 years now. That would really suck for the league. And yet, it could be where they're headed. I know, I know, exactly. Barring the Jazz getting off the mat here and winning two games. Or maybe at some point Chris comes back, too. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I'm in no rush because I'm just trying to win games. And like I said, it's it'll handle itself. I'm sure Tom and Jack Mills are, are handling that. I don't try and feed too much into that because, you know, that's like wasting my time, energy and thought process on stuff that I'm not in control of right now. So I'm, I'm going to handle what I can control. It's Baker Mayfield saying he's not in a rush to get that contract extension done. He's controlling the controllables, PK. Okay. <laughs> I like to try to control the uncontrollable. That way you're more frustrated. Yeah, yeah. Kind of sums it up a lot of different ways. We got a mosquito? Flying ants. Flying ants? Yeah. I heard of the flying nun. I haven't heard of flying yeah, ants. Flying ant right there. Oh, we got one less flying ant in the universe right now. Killer. Jets owner Woody Johnson told reporters he's a big believer in GM Joe Douglas and head coach Robert Saw saying he believes the team could be special, but adding that it's early. But yeah, wow, they could be special off a of two and fourteen uh, with a rookie quarterback. Okay, and now did he meet down the line? I hope so, <laughs> because <laughs> coming maybe off a, they can be down the line. Coming off a disaster of a season with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you I, you have to allow the young man an opportunity to to learn. When you look at some, it would just, some of the greats, it, who it would be exciting if they were mediocre out of the gate. I mean, you can't so go eight, eight, six, eight anymore. Six, seven wins. You talking? Yeah, about? yeah. If they get to and be competitive. Yeah, move the ball. That would be if you're if you're plus four or five wins with a rookie quarterback. That would be a huge step up. So I don't have one of these five for seventeen for one hundred and two yard games or something. Right. Yeah. And then you and then you end up. I mean, they won't end up two and fourteen again because there's a seventeenth game. But okay, we got that. Three and fourteen or whatever. Yeah. 
Son of former defensive lineman Vince Wilfork, arrested and charged with stealing more than $300,000 of his father's jewelry, including two Patriots Super Bowl rings. He was arrested May 22nd. Wilfork told authorities he did not report the jewelry missing or stolen immediately because he's unsure if he was packed it up in storage. He was tipped off of the theft after a fan informed him the rings were being sold online. Seems pretty stupid. Yeah. But what do I know? DJ PK. Hashtag college football. NCAA investigating allegations of recruiting violations within the Arizona State football program. The story broke late in yesterday's show. Potential violations are linked to recent recruiting practices and likely involve several ASU coaches. Part of the investigation involves ASU hosting prospects during the recruiting dead period from March of 2020 to June 1st, 2021. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a big deal in terms of penalties. And if you step back... Uh, and you look at it, so instead of 7-5, and five, they go 6-6. Six and six. I mean, that's <laughs> I haven't exactly done anything for a good long while. Uh, but at the same time, I think there's some truth there. What I've been able to gather, uh, you know, he, uh, Herm, fired a bunch of guys, or in the case of Dave Christensen, uh, Dave retired. And then there was a Kevin Mollay, who's an offensive lineman, who went to the Hall of Fame. He was an analyst on the staff, but he didn't get the offensive line job. And they gave it to like a 25-year-old. He's, they've got three or four guys on, that are extremely young. And, and Herm, which I thought to his credit, understood it's, it's about the players, man. And you have got to get the horses. And so he got all these young guys. And he got these. He got the California high school coaches and Pierce mm-hmm. and Claiborne. Both of these guys play the NFL, and they're getting. They can't get Arizona kids because it's too hot and they want to leave. So they've been going to places to get all these kids. And the recruiting is picked up way better than it used to be. All right. So what they're doing here is they're just getting guys who just are recruiters, and they're basically recruiting by any means necessary. And then the Malway, because when he didn't get the job, because he's an older guy. And he put on a Twitter uh, yesterday or the day before something about, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but it's basically the truth will set you free. And then he deleted it. And then Christensen put those eyeball tweets, mm-hmm. followed it up, which he's still on Twitter. You can see it. And then like a teardrop and a smile and a uh, prayer thing, all those emojis. So there's clearly some stuff there. It just depends on to what level, and maybe it could be the level of termination. I mean, uh, so were the were the you, so implied in all of this, and maybe I'm taking it wrong. So with all the coaching changes, were those because they found out those guys have been bending the rules? No. Or you think the new young guys are the ones? Yeah, that they have brought been in the rules. Okay. And Pierce Pierce is running the show. And if you weren't basically, now this is what I understand, and they need to have their day in court, so to speak. It won't obviously go into court, but you get the point I'm making. That they were told, this is the way we do things. We recruit. Recruiting is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And we're at ASU here, and we can't evaluate. We need to recruit. And so we're going to have to bend some rules to recruit. <laughs> because how else are we going to get to these kids? get kids that are good into a program that has basically been running in place for 40 years. 
So, I guess uh, what I've read, the termination would surprise me. The thing I was saying when I read this well, was... Well, there's more to it. Yeah, the that's thing, what I'm saying. The thing I was saying was, well, they go to all this advantage for recruiting. What's going to happen is they're going to get scholarships taken away. If that's just it. But yeah. if you start having paying players... Right, if there's more, if they dig in. academic fraud. Right. Yeah, I don't know about that. On the surface, the recruiting stuff, what I understand to be true, is there is... There is significant truth to it. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean? Does it, what type of penalty does that involve? Is that a big, harsh thing? Probably not on its own merit. Now, is there more? Because if you're breaking rules one, two, and three, well, what the hell? Why not break, break rule four? four? four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the new bowl game set to be played at the Rams' new stadium, SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California, will be officially called the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl after the chalk show became the title sponsor. The game will be on ABC on December 18th. He's obviously doing his late night show on ABC. And I got to say, when I saw this at first, I thought it was a joke. I did, too. I, saw <laughs> I it didn't this morning. take it seriously. Yeah. And he does a show out of New York, though, doesn't he? Which is interesting, right? Didn't he move the Tonight Show? Which is what the... No, he's not the Tonight Show. Oh, no, that's Jimmy the other Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. I was right, Jimmy right. Fallon. No, Actually, Jimmy. Kimmel's, Kimmel's been based in L.A. the entire yes, time. He, yes, he is. I got my Jimmy screwed up. Uh, and Jimmy Kimmel has some ASU background. Yeah, he went to UNLV and ASU, I read. <clears throat> and it's, uh, is, is it L, isn't the L.A. Bowl going to be a Mountain West uh, Pac-12 bowl game? Somebody was making that point on Twitter. Mountain West versus Pac-12-5, I believe. Yeah. I don't know. Like number five in the Pac-12 pecking order. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Yachty is in protect mode now. The pitch. A hot shot fair. It goes down the left field line. Here comes Paul Goldsmith for a Redbird winner. Yachty Armolina drives in the winner in the bottom of the ninth. The Cardinals have swept the Marlins, winning 1-0 at Bush Stadium. 1-0. A drive to right. Up the wall. White Sox win. Yasmani Grandal with a walk-off single. 8-7 the final as they mob him behind the mound. Highlights around Major League Baseball. A Major League Baseball record tied. The Arizona Diamondbacks lose their 22nd consecutive road game, which ties the 1963 Mets. The amazing Mets. 13-7, beaten by the Giants. <clears throat> the Dodgers give up a game in the race. They are shut out for the first time since 2019. That short season in 2020, and today, this year, still more than 100 games there. But the Phillies blank them 2-0. So the Giants, and the Giants also pick up a game on the Padres. They were swept by the Rockies. So, PK, apparently nobody's hit a walk-off grand slam and then followed it off by leading off the game with a home run. Apparently that hadn't happened until Jose Altuve did it, <laughs> making Major League Baseball history. I had no idea. Astros beat the Rangers 8-4. to Bees open a series in Sacramento tonight, 8 o'clock. You can listen to the game right here on the Zone Sports Network. Yes. Golf. <laughs> Ready for a little U.S. Open, PK? A lot of U.S. Open. Absolutely, I'm ready. 
We had our draft yesterday. You feeling confident about your guys? Uh, no more so than you feel about yours. <laughs> <laughs> you could. You're smarter about this stuff than me. You got more knowledge. Yeah, but we talked about how basically every tournament without Tiger now is in his heyday is basically anybody can win it. It's wide open. It's the nature of this. It's the nature of the sport because you look at it. It's sort of like shooting in a basketball to an extent, not as extreme, but you literally can go 66-75 or vice versa. And all of us who've golfed know some days are better than others. Now, we have it on a much smaller scale. That level that those guys play at is, you know, off the charts. But we've seen that. And then that's just the first two. Then you factor in some nerves. You got Phil Mickelson who wanted it so bad years ago hitting it off the tent. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and he's going to go down like the second best golfer of his generation. You would think, right? And so for twenty-five years. So twenty. Yeah, he's going to be second only to Tiger. He's yeah. sitting on six majors. He's out there chasing his seventh. He's got over forty wins. You need right. twenty to get to the Hall of Fame, and he's done that twice. And he's over but 40. yet the pressure got to him in that moment. That's crazy. You know what I mean? So over uh, 25 years, and I get Phil's, you know, Phil stretched that out. But just say for an average golfer, you know, 25 years, 100 majors, and then if you win five or six, you're winning 10 or 12% of the time. That I mean, that's, man, you walk up to somebody who's in qualifying school and you offer them that, they take it in a heartbeat. You're one of the, you're one of the legends of the game. And you only win 10 or 12% of the time. And then you got somebody like a Danny Willett. Do you remember Danny Willett? Barely. Yeah, you're on the Masters? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's a premier golfer, but who's Danny Willett? You know what I mean? Right. So you not only have the stars, you have, uh, I don't well, mean this in a negative way, but the second and third level players can rise up in a given weekend. Yes. Right. No, if Danny Willett were in your force, he'd blow your mind. For you, sure, yeah. You would never, I mean, it'd be awesome. What he doesn't have is celebrity. He has no celebrity. Because you got to get into that top tier you talk about. Yeah, and I picked him because he's, uh, uh, I don't think he's an American. So, uh, you know, we don't see him all the time. He's not on the American tour all the time the way Ricky and Rory, uh, Rory's not an American too, but he might as well be. Uh, Ricky and Jordan and, and Justin and those guys, you know what I mean? We see those guys all the time. Uh, Matt Kuchar. And the crowd yells "cooch" when he makes a putt or something. You know what I mean? So you got all that going on, and so anything can happen. It's a, it's so unpredictable. Which which, which which to a degree, if you're into it, makes it fun. If it's not to a degree, then you want the stars. What is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There is no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That is Shamrock Plumbing. When we come back, your reaction to the Jazz Game 5 loss, and we will do that next. DJ and PK live from BYU Football Media Day. we got the coordinators coming up. Fessy Tsitaki is going to join us later this hour. The coordinators, offensive and defensive, in the 8 o'clock hour. Stay with us. DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Tomorrow. Do or die game. This is what I'm made of. Uh, this is for the throne and the kingdom. Oh, Donovan Mitchell! Do or die, do it now if you believe it. 
The Utah Jazz. The L.A. Clippers. They'll show up for this game. Game 6. The Jazz Live pregame show kicks off at 7 with tip-off at 8 on your home for Utah Jazz basketball. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Cadillac owners may have changed, but luxury hasn't. Come see the bold new lineup of Cadillac at Jerry Seiner Cadillac today. Question of the day. What can you say about that one? Can we get a few responses? Uh, 101. So I actually put that up at 9 o'clock so then I can go to bed. Yeah. It's going to be down at BYU. What can you say about this one? Yes. <laughs> so I can go either way. Right? No, I didn't. I put it up when it was over. And obviously it's a slant towards the negative. Zach says, Paul George pushes off on every drive. That's it? That's all he said. Come on. Tony says, Donovan's hurt, Conley's hurt, and the Clippers are better right now. Well, they're up 3-2, so they're better. We ain't going to win if George and the rest of the Clipper players don't get called for the push on every <laughs> single drive, three exclamation points. Very oh, yeah. frustrating, all caps, three exclamation points. Yet, if the Jazz barely touch them on the other end, whistles are blowing out of control. So, the reason why they're up is because the refs, yeah, an F word comes to mind, but it isn't frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. What were the free what was the free throws? Let's see. Clippers shot twenty-five. The Jazz shot twenty-seven. But the Clippers <laughs> fell three times as often, so that is biased. <laughs> Jazz shoot two more free throws. Uh outscore them. What's the uh, actually they didn't because the Jazz struggled a little bit. They're seventy percent, nineteen of twenty-seven. And the Clippers eighty-four, twenty-one of twenty-five. Very, if you're very good. Complain numbers. about the refereeing. You've got to look at the free throws attempted. Tyson says the Jazz need to focus more on basketball unless I'm being social justice heroes. That might help. Social justice heroes. When was that though? Is that now? Doesn't seem like it now. I guess they took some time out and shot those videos of uh, giving the scholarships to students. Okay, but is but, that now? No, that was. I mean, I don't know when it was shot. You know, we was know it, we know when it was the, released. It was a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Was it released in a postseason? I, I thought I thought in my mind it was the end of the regular season. But I can't remember because yeah. it, I mean it's a great thing if you think it's a great thing. If you don't, whatever. I just don't. I I don't get caught up in their social justice activism because I don't care what they think. <laughs> And they have every right to think what they think, even if I disagree with what they think. They still, and, I, and I'll fight, metaphorically speaking, for their right to think that way. I mean, I, Donovan Mitchell, I would like to question him as to you know, why he thinks he knows more than the officials in Kentucky and so forth. But there's never any questioning. They make their statements and that's it. But at the same time, he's got every right to think what he thinks. And you have a right to think that I don't want to hear it. So that's the thing. And if it gets in think, your way of enjoyment of basketball, I so I be don't it. think that they're any more or less socially aware than other teams. So it's a wash. I mean, the Clippers have been thinking, talking on all these social issues too. So have I just they? don't, I don't see know that, that. that doesn't have one. Well, I don't know that. I mean, it, I mean, I have to go back to the bubble when stuff goes public, but 
I mean, everybody shut down. All the players are in a room. I mean, it's... I know Paul George was talking about how it was hard on him mentally. Yeah, and I don't, I don't take that lightly. Uh, Jason says zero hustle, outcoached completely. Well, anytime you lose in a big game like this, and you don't, the other team doesn't have their star player. Uh, I think you start uh, and include everybody as to what this situation. You know, the proverbial "win is a team, loses a team." Rudy was talking about. You know, he I, Rudy had a comment I thought was very interesting where he said that I sort of wish that we would have missed some shots early on instead of making them because we're making them. And basically, I'm paraphrasing my version of it, we got fat and happy. Mm-hmm. And so we had a lead and everything's going in and the crowd's going crazy. Maybe if we missed a few shots, we would have understood the urgency of the moment and dug in defensively and those types of things. And, okay, maybe there's something to that, what he was saying. And he was talking about, you know, we just didn't have it on defense. And then he says, it starts with me. He went right to himself. So if you want to put Quinn Snyder in there, there's, I don't yeah, have a problem with any of that. There, there was stuff going on defensively early, and the Clippers missed a shot, I think, on the possession. But it was in the first couple of minutes of the game. They got messed up on a switch, and some Clipper came wide open. And, but then he missed three. It was right in front of the Jazz bench. And before Quinn, before Quinn, before Rudy was even turned running down the court, he was hollering at a teammate. But I couldn't tell which one, whoever it was, was off camera or had already run, and Rudy was just hollering at the air so there's no one to see. I don't, I don't know which of those things I couldn't see on TV. Um, but it was a problem right from the start of the game. There were communication issues and guys misreading what the other guy was going to do. And uh, I saw you tweet out about the open shots, and there, there were some... There were some highly contested shots made by the Clippers. Oh, Reggie, you're going to that <clears throat> That's one. obviously the one to go to. But there were also some wide open. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. nobody within five to seven feet. Which, like, in the NBA, that was if, frustrating. if you're a step off, and when Bogey was hot early, there were two mm-hmm. shots where there was a guy there, but there's a step off. That's open in the NBA. He's open. For sure. So when you're seven feet off, that is, that's a practice shot. Agreed. And, and that's why I have hope towards tomorrow. So I don't think this thing is over. Because Patrick Beverly can't make open shots again. Well, it's funny that, you know, the Clippers, when the Jazz won, oh, they barely won. Uh-huh. Uh, but when the Clippers play probably collectively the best game they've ever played without Kawhi Leonard, and they stand in the one by eight, so it's comfortable, but it's not like they smoked them, we don't look at that. Maybe we need to look at, and then we'll see tomorrow, and if it doesn't matter, if they lose, it doesn't matter. But maybe we look at Clippers darn near played as well as they could play, I would think, or close to it, and the Jazz still had a shot. And if Conley can come back, which I guess is a huge if, and maybe I shouldn't even say it, uh, that to me it doesn't seem like it's insurmountable to go down to Los Angeles and get a victory. Although even if you get it, that doesn't win you the series either. Right. If he comes back... Is he going to look like A.D. looked like in the five minutes he played for the Lakers in their elimination game? Or James Harden just kind of limping around the court? Uh, you know, well, a that, that hasn't been his a thing. decoy. Right. When he's come back, he's been ready but to go. But if he's coming back because it's an elimination game, he might come back. Why and do you have to say 100%. because it's an elimination game? Well, because we're running out of time. <laughs> and we're running out of time. Yawk's trying to get us to break because Fessy Sataki is supposed to be here in a couple minutes. So we'll take a break. And we're at BYU Football Media Day outdoors. It's nice. Yeah, it is right now. <laughs> it's going to get hot later, but right now it is not nice. our problem. We'll talk with <laughs> Fessy next. Stay with us, DJ and PK. 
The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. On your home of the the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Davis Vision, the Davis Vision summer LASIK sales going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-2080. That's Davis Vision. We're at BYU Football Media Day. They are kicking off, and Fessy Sataki is kicking off our coverage here as he joins us on The Zone. Coach, good morning. Good morning. Great to be with you guys. So you sat down in the commercial break, and PK hit you right up on receiver talk right away. So can you walk around anywhere around town, go anywhere without getting quizzed? Because the transfer portal is making everything more exciting, and it's certainly making the BYU wide receiver room more exciting. You know, uh, a lot of people are bringing it up, but it's just pure excitement. You know, I'm not getting drilled with the questions of who it's going to be and how it's been. I think everyone just has been expressing their excitement, um, and I, I definitely feel the same thing. Well, there's a couple things going on, Fessy, so it's not like I don't think you can roll out the balls and just expect all sorts of yards being gained through the air and touchdowns and whatnot because there's two components here that you're going to miss, and that's obviously from the receiver standpoint, Dax Mill, who was sensational last year to the point of getting drafted by the NFL, and then the guy throwing the ball. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he got drafted. I think he got drafted very high, if I remember. So you have to replace the quarterback, which isn't specifically your responsibility. But as far as Dax Mill being so productive last year, do you anticipate someone singularly being able to replace him, or is it going to be by the group? Yeah, I, I expect someone. The question is, is who or uh, which one or which two or however many. But if you if you rewind to the year before last season. We lost Micah Simon, Aleva Heath, and Talon Shumway, all of right. which made up 90% of our receptions in the receiver room. That seemed room. devastating at the time. Absolutely. <laughs> and there was a lot of questioning about what it's, you know, who, who's going to step up, and, and here comes Dax. And, and that's just a credit to, to him and his work. And Gunner had a super productive year, battled some injuries, and Neil kind of was under the radar. Right. And, and so the same thing this year. In fact, we're bringing back even way more production um, Dax was the leading feature receiver, but but between Neil and Gunner, I mean, we're looking at almost 100 catches and a lot of yards and touchdowns. And so now you factor in the Nakua brothers. I, I think uh, I think we all feel really confident in our ability. We're going to miss Dax. We know what he did for us last year, but we're all super excited for you know what's going what's going to come out of this year. So basketball coaches are just repeating the phrase over and over: get old, stay old. Now, recruiting is different because they're not dealing with the 25 annual, 85 total. You've got to keep some balance there. But are you always, to a degree, going to be dealing with this massive turnover if you're trying to get old and stay old to some degree as a football team? Yeah, absolutely, especially, especially with the transfer, mm-hmm. transfer portal. It, it, it's a whole new dynamic, uh, throws a wrench at things. But it's something we're, kind of, we're, we're used to because of our missionary deal. We've been, it's so unique here with how many missionaries we deal with. And so we've been able to, to, to battle you know, and understand attrition and how it works and, and look 
look at things from different angles. But, yeah, that's always going to be an issue. But I think we've done a really good job at, at um, projecting numbers and, and, you know, where we're going to squeeze guys in and make it work. We're two veterans here sitting on this side of the table down here outside of the broadcast uh, building for BYU. So we've seen – we couldn't even count the number of games we've seen over the years and number of football coaches we've spoken to. But we can say – and I think DJ can say the same thing – I can't even count how many times I've heard coaches. We want to get the best eleven out on the field. Uh-huh. Right? So right, we, you know, right. You know, we've heard all that, and I was wondering. I suppose you got seven offensive linemen, but anyway, <laughs> uh, you guys. The point I'm making is you have a lot of quality receivers. I mean, when A. Rod first got down here after being at Utah for all those years, I remember him telling me Powell was just as good as anybody we coached against in the Pac-12. Right. So that's one guy. Gunnar Romney comes with all sorts of uh, credentials. Every Pac-12 school wanted him, so you got him. The Nakua brothers speak for themselves. I mean, the younger Nakua brother, Puka, it was him and Fahoko, the kid at Brighton who went to Stanford, is now uh, with the Cowboys, that those two, they just jumped out at you, that they were so amazing. So with all this talent, what do you think that you will be able to put out in the field in terms of number of receivers? Will we see some different stuff this year? Yeah, I, I just in my room alone, I'd say there's about – 10 to 11 guys that can that legitimately um can play and be starters and and be super productive but i i uh you know my first two years here i had to in finding my own identity here at byu figuring out who the guys were in the room i didn't i didn't recruit any of them so there was kind of a learning curve in the first year for sure um and bleeding into the second i kind of just rotate a lot of guys anywhere from seven to eight receivers a game um, no one was really able to just to play every single play but last year I wrote out the year with those three with Neil Gunner and Dax and this year I plan to do the same three to four guys if if I can that's kind of the sweet spot um, of how many guys I would like to feature is three or four where I can just keep rolling them until they say hey I, I need to get out or um, you know unfortunately I, you know, I hope not there's no injury but um, just anything that forces them out I just want to keep riding through with those guys and then I, uh, it's nice to know for me I have five guys on deck that will be ready hopefully to go and, and have the skill set and tools to do that. So it's a tough decision, really tough decision that I have to make, but we've got time. It's, it's, I can't watch this summer, but day one of fall camp, people think that it's a three-week kind of a trial to see who steps up and emerges. Really, I know in first day one or two, um, who's going to be ready because of this, what they're doing this whole summer. And um, these, guys are, these guys are working hard. I know that. So we will judge people by catches and yards. It's stat-driven yeah. and all that. But you're going to watch film. Is anybody a better run blocker or a worse run blocker? Because obviously that can provide a little separation when it comes to deciding who gets playing time. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. And I'm glad you bring that up. There's a lot of people who um, – they just gravitate towards the tallest guy or the fastest guy. And I get stats, they're a reflection of your production, but there's a lot of things that pe- people miss out on. So th- those run-blocking things, I mean, I, I look at the Jazz, for example. You look at a guy like Royce O'Neal, who, you know, who brings so much value, um, the little things he does, those hustle points, uh, how scrappy he is. So I have a couple, you know, that Gunner and Neal are the only two returners. Both those guys bring bring an element of toughness. But there's a wave of guys who are going to step up and who might who might uh, have a uh, an increased role, which will then turn into catches, yards, and touchdowns because of their toughness, their tenacity. And we've got a lot of guys who can do that. No one really by name right now, but I think that's gonna that's gonna reveal itself really soon. So Jeff Grimes takes off to Baylor, and you guys will face them later on in the season. And then A. Rod gets the promotion. He'd been doing a lot of that stuff. 
as I understand it, you got a little bit of different responsibility too, correct? Could you explain that? Yeah, I uh, got the title of the passing game coordinator now. And, and in terms of how that role changes, you know, ever, since I've been here, A-Rod has been unbelievable, um, you know, with how inclusive he's been and, and inviting for me. Um, he's always asked for my opinion on things. I've I've always brought stuff to him and he's confirmed things or um, spoke his opinion on stuff. And it's just... So I don't I don't feel a major change um, with that role because it's something he's already been doing you know over the last three three seasons since we've been here. Um, so I wish I wish I had a magical answer something that's you know a lot more sexy, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you talk about getting to know the guys, and we feel like we've gotten to know Samson on Nico on some level because we've interviewed him so many times. He has so much personality. Uh, what what is Puka like when you're around him every day? Puka is is, is very similar in the fact that he's just full of life. He's got um, very uh, happy go lucky type of personality. Um, the teammates gravitate towards him. Very positive, very upbeat. Um, he's 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 a lot like like Samson in that regard. Um, maybe bites his tongue a little bit more um, than <laughs> Samson, but the same type of personality which I love. I think we need both of the. Their, their personalities in our room, they add a new element um, of leadership, of toughness, and of personality. And now all those things, I think, are critical in, in, our, in, a, in any room. So you got to have somebody throwing in the ball, and in this spring ball was unusual. No media and all that stuff. I can just go by what I've been told, but I haven't seen anything. Although I have seen uh, the two, con- two of the contenders, anyway, get out on the field in years past. And obviously Romney and Hall... The other kid, Conover from Chandler, uh, has I haven't seen him that much, although I grew up in Arizona and I know people down there and I know that he was a sought-after recruit. Uh, from your perspective, uh, what are you seeing out of the quarterbacks? A really, really tight race. All three bring something very different, kind of their own niche into the room. Um, and each one of them you can justify being the guy. It's it's really, I think, going to come down to one of those deals where it's it's – a week before the game um, to see to, to see who the guy is and and uh, I feel really good about it it's the same thing like Zach we're gonna miss him and he's unbelievable there's a reason he's he was a second overall pick he does so many so many things has so many intangibles but these these three guys on deck I'm super excited for and all of them can play at at almost any school you know on yeah. stars so we got a good problem um, yeah same issue with the receiver but less guys to deal with so so they can all roll left and then throw back across their body 55 yards down the middle of the well, field. I saw that play, man. Did you see that play? <laughs> yeah, I think I remember that one. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. We'll In see. <laughs> Maybe that's a new throw we, we put do into you, practice. They'll have to do it. Do you ever just put your feet back and say, yep, there's one guy who was the first guy to offer Zach Wilson a scholarship <laughs> to play football beyond high school? And, boys, you need to offer me a lifetime contract <laughs> because uh, without me being here, I'm not sure that guy would be here. He might be a Boise or who knows where. So, ever just think that? Man? If, I'm the guy who first discovered Zach Wilson. If I, if I do that, you guys got to promise me that you'll have a job here for me. <laughs> so, I haven't had too much time to do that, and I probably should. Because you were at Weaver, and the stories out there, I, sure, I assume our listeners know that, you know, you – you identified him as a young age, at a young age. My wife teaches at Corner Canyon, so I'd heard about him for uh, a number of years. I think he's got moxie and all that stuff 
as far as that goes. But when you saw him and you, you latched onto him and then obviously you got down here and, and we know how it played out, what did you see and what you saw, was it even better than what it became? Yeah, I uh, two components to that. So what I saw was like if this guy fulfills his potential like he's going to be super super special he just just had those a lot of the things we saw especially this past season you could see flashes of that you know in his youth uh, soft as a sophomore in his junior in high school it's just hard to 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 see that through because he was physically his presence was very underwhelming i mean it was it's hard to project that i didn't i never saw second overall pick those are things you just you can't say because there's so many other things that factor into making that happen um outside of that individual himself but you could tell he was going to be a special player the other thing besides just like seeing talent and being able to be the first to offer was i i monopolized on a year of building a relationship with him while other schools didn't offer him and it wasn't a rat race to see who could recruit him the hardest that is where I think most of the value came from in my relationship with Zach was the ability to, to, to talk with him and, and, and hang out, you know, when he was on campus and to, to build a relationship so that when the time came where offers started rolling in, he and I were, 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 were really close. And it got to the point where I was like, hey, kind of sailed him off into the sea and said, look, I get it. You're, you're, you're getting a lot of big offers. Um, don't feel any pressure from me about it anymore. I get it. You're going to go somewhere else, but use me. Use me as if I was another older brother or father figure in helping you with these decisions. And, I, and that kind of played out on the very back end. And then how cool was it to uh, have him invite you to the draft and be a part of it? Such a special experience. It was, it was, it was just it, it was an unbelievable experience I'll never forget. Don't know if you'll ever have another opportunity like that. So I had to make sure I, I jumped on that. But I was I was honored and humbled and enjoyed every bit of it. Took a bunch of pictures? A ton. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's an alternate universe where he goes to Boise State and does everything he did here there, and everybody in the state of Utah, all the fans are furious, like, how, how, how did he get out of here and no local teams got him? There's also a universe that BYU fans should be thankful that you were here because he goes to Boise and they have another quarterback, and then the guy the youths wanted transfers out and now he's bouncing to the U and he's in red doing some of the things he did in blue. So I think a lot of BYU fans ought to be happy you were here and you had that relationship and it all worked out the way it did. I like the universe where Zach is here. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So. I bet. Well, thanks for a few minutes, Fessy. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right. Good Great. luck this year. Fessy Sataki, BYU receivers coach, joining us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's BYU Football Media Day. We're going to talk with the coordinators coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. That's next. Stay with us.